All right, here we are, guys. Finally, the beard has gotten this together. If, you, if this is your first time coming in, I am the neighborhood local friendly libertarian Jason Lyon. Uh, also go by the name of Mr. Murica, the Bearded Truth. And uh, I want to thank you guys for coming in. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight. And um, I want to, you know, a big thank you for, for coming out, spending your Friday with me if you guys are tuning in live. Um, I want to give a big, also while I'm giving a thank to you guys, I want to give a thanks to Muddy Waters Media for giving me a platform to come out here and talk to you guys because uh, without them, right, where would I be? So I'm I'm eternally grateful for Matt and Spike for letting me come out here and um, speak my words, speak my truths out here, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some converts. Um, if you guys are are not already on the the side of libertarianism, or maybe I can provide you with a little information and bring you over uh, further onto the quote unquote dark side. Um, that's the whole premise of what I'm advocating for, what I'm fighting for, and and. Hopefully, we're, we're slowly moving that way. So thank you guys for coming in. And uh, while we're here, um, got a lot to talk about. And, and by a lot to talk about, I mean probably way too much to actually fit it into one singular hour. So tonight might be a jam-packed filled uh, discussion just going all over the place. We're going to be talking a little bit about H.R. 1, House Resolution 1, which uh, House Democrats overwhelmingly reject the motion to condemn illegal immigration or illegal immigrant votings. So we've got to talk about that. We're going to be talking about Jussie Smollett getting 16, getting indicted on 16 felony charges so you know we have to cover uh, cover that hoax in that whole situation right this is this has been an ongoing story this is something we've been talking about for a while we got to talk about alexandria ocasio-cortez now when it comes to alexandria ocasio-cortez or aoc um there's been a lot of people that have a lot of vitriol towards her and want to hate her and think that she is the mastermind behind this all and uh it's it's become clear to me through some some sources, some information, and I'll put those in the show notes after. Um, that she is she is merely a puppet, and it's something that uh, you know. Once you once you actually hear the information, and we'll go through this later on in the show, it becomes abundantly clear. It becomes a a, a vividly clear picture, and there's no other way to look at this other than the fact that she is a puppet. And what that means is, is there's something more to be feared than just one dolt, than just one person that is being controlled. So that's going to be a big story tonight. Um, let me see if I can... We're going to be talking about Tulsi Gabbard. So uh, whenever we have any presidential candidates and they're they're in office, right? Tulsi Gabbard being from uh, Hawaii, uh, congressperson from Hawaii. My chat isn't up. Buh. All right, let me see if I can if I can fix the chat real quick. Let me see if I can fix the chat real quick. <sighs> da, 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 da. Um, but 
So we got to talk about Tulsi Gabbard because while she is representing Hawaii and running for president of the United States in 2020, whenever somebody puts out a good bill, whenever somebody pushes out something good in the way of liberty, in the way of the individual, in the way of freedom, in the way of choice, it's something that you have to pat their back on it. And you have to say, look, this is a good bill. Here's why. And then endorse and help push other candidates, push other politicians to endorse the same thing and to to bring back that freedom to people. So Tulsi Gabbard is clearly a person worthy of getting a discussion on her recent bill, and we will also be getting into that later on in the show. Um, Sorry, my my notes just froze on on the computer, so I got to pull it up on the phone. And then, um, so we're going to talk about, of course, Ilhan Omar and the hate bill, the hate the bigotry bill that, uh, you know, 23 Republicans, 23 Republicans didn't vote in favor of this. Oh, they must be white supremacists. They must be, you know, they're anti-Semitic. Uh, no. So we'll, we'll get into that one as well. It's International Women's Day as well. So that means that, of course, we have to talk about abortion a little bit. We got to talk about the pro-life, pro-choice um, discussion because that, you know, what kind of International Women's Day would it be if we're not talking about killing off our young? Um, we're also going to be talking about Chelsea Manning. Chelsea Manning. And before you, we want to go into the, it's Bradley Manning. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, Chelsea Manning is is going to is going to jail for not wanting to help indict the man... The myth, blanking on his name. <laughs> he really is the myth. He really is the myth right now. Why am I blanking on his name? It's not Snowden. Sending you money for a new computer. I appreciate that. Um, send some of my son's music. Awesome. That would be awesome. Um, I did make a personal Facebook post about that earlier today. Uh, we will be getting through that as soon as I can get a, a functioning toaster. Is the chat working now? I think the chat's working now. So that'll be good. Boom, boom. All right, so we're good on that. Um, so yeah, so we've got a lot. We have a ridiculous amount of information that we're going to be covering tonight. Hopefully, hopefully I'm providing this. Um, I wouldn't vote in favor of that. Uh, hopefully I'll be providing this in a way that sparks you guys want to call in. As you guys can see, the number on the bottom, if we get into a topic and um, it's, it's something that you feel we're passionate about, you got a lot of insight, you got a lot of information, you want to share that with us, you can feel free to call in. That number is 802-671-5328. Feel free to call in with your comments, your questions, your concerns. You want to tell me my beard looks ugly, whatever it is that you want to call in about. Try to keep it on topic, but um, if you go off onto a little bit of a tangent, that's fine as well. Um, crowd participation is is always loved, is always always cherished. So thank you guys for coming in tonight. Um, we are going to start off. Hmm, 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 hmm. Let's start off with the Jesse Smollett situation because I think uh, I think between this and the R. Kelly situation, it really is just a a big situation in which you have somebody who made a choice, made a decision to go out and to catastrophically put their entire career and life at risk 
more specifically their careers at risk, but potentially ruin their own lives by either committing a, a heinous act in which I think it would be extremely difficult to say that R. Kelly was not not the person that was uh, in that in those videos, right? Um, and it's really difficult for Jussie Smollett, who was indicted on 16 charges for all, all basically the same thing of making a false, here it is, making a false report of offense. Uh, 720 ILS, or ILCS uh, 5, t- 5 slash 26 TAC 1 Alpha 4, Class 4. So, 16 counts of all the same thing. False report of offense. False report of offense. 16 times this man. And uh, so, to give you guys a quick recap, in case you guys are fuzzy on this, I know I was a little bit fuzzy on this. Jussie Smollett uh, got home one night. About two o'clock in the morning, man's got the man's got the munchies. Uh, I would hope that now he would say, "Look, I was just high and I was just misrepresented everything." I think that that would be his best possible legal defense on all this. But nonetheless, uh, so he goes down to Subway to go get himself a, a nice big foot long tuna sub, and allegedly, which has now been debunked, he is attacked by two white people. And they put a noose around his neck and they pour uh, pour bleach all over the man and exclaim loudly in the uh, 20 degrees below zero. Um, they exclaim loudly that this is MAGA country. MAGA! And uh, so after that brutal hate crime that he went through, he gets a lot of publicity. He gets, uh, he gets a lot of, of the pop culture into this he gets politics into this he gets everybody into this everyone's riled up you know there's a hate crime it's a it's on a, a celebrity a, a c-list celebrity and it's just terrible you had legislators like kamala harris and and Corey brooker coming out and condemning this wildly actually pushing anti-lynching laws which in case if anyone didn't know murder is illegal and attempted murder is illegal but nonetheless, right, they, they, they use this as a pedestal to say, look how horrible this country is, push legislation and everything else. And then um, after a little while, when, the, when he made his report and, and you could see blaring holes in this or glaring holes in, in, in his story, people started questioning it. People started digging into it. We then found out that he had paid two people that were somewhat close to him. One person was an extra on Empire. The other one was his uh, was his fitness trainer. Paid them thirty five hundred dollars before upfront. Paid for the news. They uh, paid for the the mask, the gloves, and everything else. And then was planning to pay them five hundred dollars after the event for them to come out, mug him, and to create a giant hoax. So now that this has all gone through. Now he's being charged with 16 counts of felony, uh, wrongful statements to the police. And how it breaks down, how they're 16 times. Um, this is in accordance with ABC Chicago. <sighs> 
The grand jury returned two separate sets of charges. The first set were related to what Smollett told officers about the alleged attack, including the attackers called him racial and homophobic slurs, struck him with their hands, put a noose around his neck, and poured some sort of chemical substance on him. The second set of charges are related to the second interview Smollett had with police about the alleged attack later that day. A charge of felony disorderly conduct for filing a, a false police report carries a possible sentence of probation to three years. Smollett had already pleaded not guilty to the first disorderly conduct charge. He was taken into custody and posted a $100,000 bail bond to be freed. Experts believe it is likely he will strike a plea deal and potentially not spend time in prison. Of course, we should never expect that he's going to spend any time in prison. I don't think that that's the right thing. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to what we were talking about when this was all going down. And if you guys are following the Muddy Waters media page, the Muddy Waters of Freedom on Facebook, we put a poll up. And in this poll, it was, should Jussie Smollett see jail time? Should he see himself behind bars? I still believe no. I believe no then. I put up a pretty sound logical argument as to why there was no victim. There was no direct victim from what he did. And so the only repercussions that this man should face is having to pay for every penny of the investigation. And that's about it, right? Maybe you could give him a little more fine. Assange, thank you. Thank you, Dave Hunter. And and going through that, going through all of that, right? It that's what it should be, right? He pays a bunch of money and he moves on with his life. He gets destroyed. He has his reputation destroyed. He has his career destroyed. And he has to say, suffer the consequences of making terrible, bad actions. Did I lose you guys on the Facebook world? Because I'm seeing a giant black screen. Hmm. I can't really tell. But... I still got you guys over on the Facebook or the YouTube land, so it's okay. But so from that whole situation, there's a lot of people getting stirred up over this. There's people that are saying that, you know, he should be going to jail for a long, 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 long time because they felt victimized because he made a false crime. There's a lot of identity politics that are being played. And generally what the right does, what the, the right of center people do is that they, they criticize the left for that, the identity politics, for for being for pushing a victimhood mentality for saying look just because you're this this ethnicity because you're this religious or this religion because you're this that or the other doesn't mean that you get to collect yourself to the atrocities that have happened to other people in, in within your community but when you have a situation like this where Jesse Smollett specifically calls out MAGA country right and he goes look these these perpetrators came and they committed a hate crime against me for being black and for being gay and, and they screamed, this is MAGA country. They wanted to say, look, I'm a victim because of this. And and so you have the side that is usually there to uh, denounce and to downplay these atrocities, right? Or to, to downplay identity politics. They're playing the victim on this. You shouldn't be doing this, right? You could say, look, if that was MAGA people, let's before all of this came out, if you look at that situation, you're like, look, I, I believe in the MAGA movement. I believe in President Trump. I'm, I'm on board with all of that. And there's somebody that did something nasty to somebody else, and they happen to be within the MAGA movement as well. You should, instead of trying to be like, well, you don't come after the MAGA people, instead you should go, yeah, that person's a piece of shit. 
right? Can we, that person is not a person that I want to be affiliated with. And so I, while they may agree with me on some, some ideas or whatever else, I don't have to be associated with them. Don't, don't associate me with that person. And, and so there's, there's still a lesson to be learned on this. And if you're on the left and, and you saw this situation go down and you're like, Justy Smollett is a victim. He, you know, before everything got investigated and you failed the Jussie Smollett test and said, look, you know, he is a victim of a hate crime. We have to do something. I hope that you learn the, the very blatant, obvious uh, lesson to be learned. And that's just have a little patience. In 2019, the media is all about trying to push the story, push the agenda. And, and uh, before the facts even hit the hit the ground, really. So if you failed the Jussie Smollett test. If you failed the test and you got in front of it and you were on the wrong side, pump the brakes and check yourself. Did you fail the Covington Catholic Church kids? Did you fail that test too? Because if you failed that test and then you failed the, the Jussie Smollett test, I, I fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? I, I don't know what you want for the third one, right? Eventually, you're just not somebody that should be looked at in any serious way. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so the Jussie Smollett situation, it's, I'm glad to see, um, I'm glad to see that we we're getting through to the facts and we're finally getting through that situation because as despicable as a person as Jussie Smollett is for faking attack against himself, I'm glad that we finally have that closure and we know for sure, um, well, I wouldn't say for sure, but we know with some, without any serious doubt, that the man is obviously guilty of doing some some pretty bad things. Um, I want to move on from the bad stuff. I want to move over to to Representative Tulsi Gabbard and Don Young. So they introduced a bipartisan legislation to end federal prohibition of marijuana. Ooh, getting into the druggy world, getting into the super hard. Gateway drugs, that is the Mary Joanna. This is actually from Rolling Stones. <laughs> Rolling Stones. Um, I just pulled up a random article. Even before it began, 2019 has been hailed as the year of the marijuana. With good reason, the number of Americans who support legalization has reached record highs. An increasing number of Democratic presidential candidates are advocating for drug reform and to end our draconian racist drug laws. Mm. I mean, at least they're, they're, they're somewhat serious about this. They're using language that is fitting, I would say. Um, because when we... First off, I, w- I, w- I want to make a, a, a little side note because there was, a, there was a study that was done, I believe, by Harvard. And I want to I just throw that out there to you guys because I want you to think about this. And I believe it was Harvard, and Harvard came out with a study, and, and the study basically said if you have 0% of public support for a bill or 100% public support for a bill, you would have the same, the very same probability of a bill being passed. So the people that are supposed to represent us don't give a crap, right? You have about a 30% chance that... Congress is going to pass a bill on whatever. Doesn't matter how much support or how little support it's got. But um, so 
when it comes to how much the populace how, how much the populace wants something, it doesn't mean that it's going to be going through. Now that I know that, it, it just it's information that's wasted, right? Whenever I read those in sentences, so I wanted to share it with you guys. But um, when it comes to these racist drug laws, why are these racist? Why are these bad laws? Um, and and certainly we've covered these in previous shows. Um, where the drugs, the drug laws, right? Throwing somebody in jail for not creating a or without a victim to charge them with is a huge issue. And so when you have somebody going to jail for marijuana, you're not only destroying the life of whoever's going to jail for it, but you're also destroying the lives of, of their family members. So imagine if a, a, a male who's 26 years old, he's got two kids, he's got a wife, living a good life, uses cannabis for recreational or medicinal use, and uh, gets thrown in jail for 10, 15, 20 years. During that time, right, that family has now lost a father, so they've lost a, a the children have lost a, a would be a potentially a good positive role model for the children. So that means that when they they grow up, there's a higher probability of them being involved with with drugs, with violence, with crime, with with everything else. Um, so there's an issue there. They've lost income coming into the house because now obviously you're not going to be making money while you're in the prison system, so you're affecting the family there. While this person is sitting in jail because of a victimless crime, they are also losing out on their own life. They're losing out on employment opportunities. So even when they get out, the opportunities for them to get into a legal business, to be able to make money and to to have a thriving um, career after that is severely diminished. So how they're racist is – let's get into that because – there is a perception out there that um, more people are being picked out for being black and and that's why they're getting drug charges. And there may be some merit to that question or to that charge, to that allegation. Um, but then there's also things like looking at all drug drug charges. So crack cocaine, right in the powder form, actually holds the same weight as does uh, meth. So there's there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to how these drug laws are racist or how they're unequally applied. But when we get down into the roots and into the weeds of these things, there is some racism that is utilized. There is some racism by the police force and by the law enforcement officers. Um, just looking at the statistics of it, so there 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 is some there, right? Right. Everyone should be able to agree that there is some there. Um, is it nearly as bad as what some people advocate for? I, I, I'm not sold on that yet, but there's seriously an issue there. But anyway, so Thursday morning, uh, Representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, Democrat, and Don Young of Alaska introduced what they called a landmark piece of legislation, the Ending Federal Marijuana Prohibition Act of 2019, which is the only bipartisan piece of legislation that would allow states to make independent choices about their marijuana programs. So with this, what this 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 would not just suddenly make marijuana legal for all states. What this would do is actually effectively put it back to the 10th Amendment because there is nowhere in the Constitution that is enumerated for um, for federal government to have the authority to be able to govern over um, what the individuals in states are allowed to put into their body, what they're allowed to consume. And so it would push it back to the states and allow 
um, the states to be able to set the laws if they would like to. So we already have states like California, um, Alaska, Hawaii, Colorado, et cetera, et cetera, where they've legalized it in their own state, but the federal government would still have that avenue to come in and to criminalize people and to terrorize people and to, um, to search people's homes. And so this this bill would would remove that to where states now have the authority to decide on if marijuana should be legal in their con- or in their state or if it should not and i i think that that's a beautiful move that needs to be supported by by people on both sides right i as a libertarian as somebody who believes in and not have not being able to govern others on what they put into their body or what they're not allowed to put in their bodies um this is this is obviously a clear cut case where it is a move towards freedom, right? I don't have to like people who smoke marijuana all the time. I don't have to like people who um, sit on their couch and eat Cheetos all day and eat ice cream with their by scooping the Cheetos into it and and laughing at comedies. I don't have to I don't have to be one of those people for me to say, look, if you want to do that, you do that. You do you boo boo and I'll do me. And um, so it's not about it's not about your personal choice. It's about allowing others to have their personal choice, and um, so I'm I'm really really thankful that that's becoming a bigger movement was to rescind the federal government's authority that they delegated to themselves over this matter. I would like to see them do that on all drugs, but um, you know, getting to the radical stages of freedom, the dangerous freedoms in this country doesn't seem it, it seems too far off to be acceptable. So, I want to transition from the good news. So, we want bad to good. Let's go to the terrifying. Let's go over to the terrifying. So, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a terrifying individual. Why is she a terrifying individual? Because she is nothing but a puppet. She is nothing but a puppet. If you look at the way that she speaks and the way that she... Um, has her discussions. You can see when they're on point. They're statistically sound. They're 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 exactly what she says is less important, and and you know being semantically and factually correct. You can see when she is semantically and factually correct, and then you can see other times where she has no idea at all about civics. She has no idea at all how Congress works, about how the presidency works, or any of that stuff. Right? If we just go back a couple weeks. I think that we can all remember when she said, look, I'm going to get inaugurated into Congress and the next day we're going to be signing bills into law, right? How do you go from that to sitting on a panel and being able to ask people about how to be as shady of a criminal as possible to become a member of Congress or even easier to become the president of the United States? There is there is a clear disconnect between those. And it was finally uncovered. It was finally uncovered. And I have to give a big thanks to the Forgotten Man for, for dropping this little bit of a tidbit for me. And uh, I will see if the computer wants to cooperate. And I will pull up exactly who it is and drop it into the chat for you guys. So that, that way, after the show, after the show, you guys are more than welcome to go check out this guy. Uh, his name is Mr. Reagan. He's on YouTube. Um, he breaks it down so magnificently, um, and he makes sure that every step, every I is dotted, T is crossed on this, 
and he really shows how the different players have been moved, how they've been manipulated, and uh, the chief of staff, the chief of staff of, of Alexander Ocasio-Cortez has been the mastermind behind all of this. He's been the guy that, um, oh, oh, I got a phone call. Hold on. What? Oh, if you just called, uh, give me another call back. Um, apologize for that. <laughs> um, but he, he does a really good job of breaking all this stuff down and, and making sure that everyone can understand um, just of how, how dangerous this is. And her chief of staff comes out and he was the mastermind behind what's called... Uh, justice democratic justice i think it was and and with that move with that hey how's it going man good how we doing i'm doing well thanks for calling in this is the forgotten man for those of you who are unaware uh forgotten man is the man who dropped this source and so we will get this shared out and and brought in welcome in shane sweeney as well Oh, yeah, thanks. I like the new platform. It looks like it's going to work out well for you. Oh, hopefully. Hopefully the toaster starts running a little bit better for me as well. Well, we're going to have to work on the toaster. <laughs> we're going to have to at least upgrade you to a panini press or something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So what's on your mind, man? Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Mr. Reagan and this, uh, you know, the, the, um, the topic that he came out with with uh, Ocasio-Cortez mm -hmm. being uh, a puppet. Okay. Um. I mean, we we discussed this a little bit earlier today, and and like you said, there's there 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 are more puppets than Ocasio Cortez um, yes. in in the federal government right now. A lot of people probably don't realize this, but groups, um, and the one that's that's backing her is a group called the Justice Democrats. Justice Democrats. Yep. This, are, this is this is a group that um, that is their main their main. Um, uh, political view is justice, um, uh, 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 you know, social justice war warfare, basically. And they want to, um, they want to replace all of the incumbent Democrats. Yep. They, they're going to primary every single one of them out if they do not like what they do. And I think you had something like this, uh, you had something in one of your other videos uh, prior talking about how they're going to primary you out. Yep. Um, uh, I, I didn't, when you first when you, when you first said that, I'm like, okay, well, a faction of the Democratic Party is trying to go more progressive. So, but now what I'm realizing is that there's a group called these Justice Democrats. It was it was according to Mr. Reagan, um, organized by a guy by the name of Chank Uger. Yep, yep. Uh, From the Young the Turks. The Young Turks. Yeah, head of the Young Turks. And, um, you know, his, this was his idea, was to primary out all of the Democrats who they don't like. And this guy, Sakat Chakrabarty. Yeah, the chief of staff. Yes, he was actually uh, uh, Bernie Sanders' campaign um, operative for Bernie's campaign. And so once Bernie was done, uh, you know, these uh, justice Democrats got a hold of him, and um, they're like, hey, or, uh, yeah, Chank, Chank Uger got a hold of him. He's like, yeah, I don't got anything to do, basically. So he, uh, they decided to, to do a casting call. And they got 10,000 10, people. 
What's and crazy about chose, what's crazy about Sank huh? Uger is um, so all throughout. So I've seen him debate Ben Shapiro. I've seen some of his his uh, big talking points on the Young Turks. Is this is a man that believes that that platform speech by using a platform in order to help people by by utilizing your platform to help a politician is is money is 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 corporatism and and he speaks against it. I'm sorry. He wants to get all money out of uh, out of campaigns, um, but at the same time, he's been making massive, massive help um, financially by giving his platform up for these people and, and doing this. And it it it's really speaks to the corruption of Sank Uger because, um, like when I just shared out the the link on on Facebook and on YouTube for those of you guys viewing. Um, because he, he's he's sitting there throwing his financial support into his platform to help grow these things, and then you have the chief of staff who just just was found out that there's about a million dollars that was being illegally laundered. And and looking at those two individuals, Sank Uger is not a good person, <laughs> uh, and neither is her chief of staff. And I I'm not even going to try and butcher his name, um, but yeah, man, it, it it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and um, this is a scary. This is a scary situation because in the future, I mean, if you look at Mr. Reagan's um, YouTube video, it shows Chank Yeager having an interview um, uh, with somebody. I don't know exactly who it is, but he's talking about how you know we will get a thousand. Um, we will get a thousand people to run. We'll get you know, 2,000 people to run. And if we can, you know, get, you know, 50, 40, you know, we'll have a lot of people, you know, that we control. Basically, he said this in his own words. We can control these people and we can start directing our narrative right in our right in the federal government and make the changes. Yeah. So um, that's scary because that means that the constituents of the districts in which these people have been, have been, uh, have been elected are not going to be voting for them. They are underneath the thumb. They are just. Uh, they are just. They're um, merely the pawns, and and uh, the chief of staff is the king. Right. They're merely just pawns, and they have handlers, and the handlers just uh, direct them what to do. And if you notice with, with Ocasio Cortez, she has her talking points, but whenever she goes off her talking points, she can't really give you a concise thought. Yep. Because they move her off. So basically, she has the things that she's supposed to say and do. And if she goes off that, she because she's basically an actress. Yes. And the actress is just doing her lines. And when they make her try to um, ad lib it, you know, when she when she has to ad lib, she can't do it. Yeah, exactly. You know and, and I think it would have been really interesting to see uh, Joe Joe Crawley, uh, the person who she primaried out. Um, it would have been really interesting to see if 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 they would have actually had a debate how that would have gone. Um, certainly, I think that the tables might have changed a little bit. I don't. I I know that there was a really low performance. There was really low energy in that district um, of New York. But I, I'm wondering if that would have been enough to help change this and and to to 
to suppress this a little bit while longer because um like what you're talking about with Sank Uger, he they're wanting to push out hundreds of people, push out thousands of people if they can, and and they had candidates coming out. And so pushing that, they all they are doing is trying to put enough puppets in there. And I don't want to go too far into the video um because I want people to to still go check it out. But but really this could be a catastrophic Thing to our entire quote-unquote republic and uh is certainly something worthy of you guys checking out so make sure you guys check into that that video that i i shared hit the copy button save it for later and then once the show's over go check it out well um with that i want to i want to thank you for god man for for calling in i want I'm, I'm so thankful f- for you to have shared that with us um i i hope that you'll be able to find more more golden goodies like this and and be able to share them with me um, but thank you for calling in. All right, and I'm gonna be—I'll be looking around, and like I always do. And when I come up with something interesting, I send it your way. And if you feel like you can use it, you do. And if not, we look for other things. So, um, you know, I'm on your side, and we're kind of working it. together. But this this whole uh, this whole movement that we're that we're all working on—we're kind of working together. So we might as well, you know, get as much information out there as possible, right? Yep. I, I yes, absolutely. And I appreciate it, man. I hope you have a great night and thank you for uh tuning in as well. All right, thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, thank you for that, forgotten man. Um while we're talking about Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, I want to go to one of the Daily Wire articles in which uh Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, do you think her mom is in favor of, of the legislation that she's pushing? Do you think her mom is in favor of the Green New Deal? Uh, judging by the fact that she moved from the state of New York and moved to Florida, right? The state where Cuomo, the governor, said that Florida is stealing our people. They're stealing our people because the taxes that we have here in, in New York are much too high. And because of that, people are fleeing to younger or to, to cheaper states, the states that are not taxing nearly as heavily. Um, well, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, her mother has fled to Florida. She said that she was paying over $10,000 a year in taxes and is now paying only 600. Only 600 down in Florida. She says it's stress-free down here. So you have the mother, the actual mother of of a woman pushing for a crazy fascist uh communistic uh, society and pushing these bills to just absolutely decimate our economy, to grow the tax plan, to to have a burden on everybody uh, who makes more than say thirty thousand dollars a year, to be able to take all of those. And her mom is like, "No, nah, I can't. I, I can't afford that. That's that's not the life I want to live." But nonetheless, her mom is still her mom and still supports her and says, my, my daughter's not a socialist. She's a democratic socialist. And there's a difference. The only difference between a socialist and a democratic socialist, an honest democratic socialist, and I will not say that AOC is one of those. The only difference between a socialist and a democratic socialist is that a socialist does it at the threat of violence. A democratic socialist votes to have it at the threat of violence. That's the only difference. 
And when you have somebody like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who is sitting there tweeting and saying, look, I'm the boss now and you guys are just yelling from the cheap seats. When you have somebody that is sitting there and saying, I'm in control and you have no say in this matter whatsoever. You guys have nothing that you guys can do anymore because I'm in power. This is the time in which Americans need to wake up, right? If you are an actual, no joke, anarchist, libertarian, and you are completely against the state, sitting idly by and watching your shirt be ripped off of your back, the pants ripped off of, from your legs, and your shoes taken away from you, at least you could do is step up and at least vote for, for a libertarian and at least vote to shrink the government in some capacity. If you're an actual, if you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, right, we have seen that the Republican Party has not done anything to shrink the government in, in decades. Let's be honest, right? The tax cuts. Yeah, sweet. We got more of our income back, but now we're having to pay more in tariffs. All right. The Republican Party is not shrinking the government in a large way. We need to be radical just as much in the way of shrinking the government as these these clowns are, as these fools are, as, as these tyrants are. And, and a movement must be made. A movement must be made to react against the atrocities of what the left is trying to do right now. And so we can keep... We can keep up with the insanity. We can keep pushing for conservatism, for Republicans to actually stand up and to, to fight for, for the Constitution only when it, 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 it fits into their narrative. We can keep advocating that Republicans are going to stop funding Planned Parenthood. We can keep advocating that, that Republicans are going to restore the Second Amendment by banning bump stocks. We can keep hoping for all these things, or we can look at the reality of it and understand that the Republicans are not standing in the way or standing for the conservative values. They're not standing for the Republican Party platform. They're not standing to shrink the size of the government. They're merely there to grow the government the same as the Democrats in a different direction. So if we want to actually fight this, stop fighting the, the, the atrocities of the left with the atrocities of the right and start fighting the atrocities of the left by actually shrinking the government and destroying what it is that is giving them the platform, giving them the ability to grow this government in, in such an atrocious way. It is becoming absolutely grotesque with how large this government is becoming. And, and we're merely going, yeah, well, I voted for the Republican because at least it's not the Democrat. I mean, I voted for my right shoe because it's so much different than my left shoe. It's the same damn thing. We need to actually see some changes out there. And, and I realize I'm using pretty, pretty strong terms, and, and it's certainly much needed. And uh, while we're talking about Libertarian, while we're talking about the Libertarian platform, I do want to give a shout-out because um, the boys down here in South Carolina, we – I say we. I'm not a part of this. But Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar. Who doesn't want a 2019 Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar? I'll give you guys a, a quick one because the man himself did show up and he is the centerfold. So Shane Sweeney, if you guys want to get one of these, you guys just uh, send me a DM, send me a, send me a message. I will make sure that you guys get a nice Dad Bod Calendar. July of 2019, you'll get the Mr. Shane Sweeney himself, second vice chair down here in South Carolina. And uh, each one of these have got the quotes and, and have got the actual libertarian platform in there. So you guys can 
you guys can not only have this uh, hanging out in your workspace, but you can also share with people some of the libertarian platforms to understand just of what liberty means and what actual freedom is and to be able to share that out. So so yes, it is vital. It's important that we look at the look at the 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 fight that is going on politically and understand what it is and how to actually combat that. And it's by actually shrinking the government, a a lost value. Both parties are in dem socks. <laughs> One is just being honest now. In other words, there's no difference. Absolutely right. Yes. So Shane Sweeney, you got the uh, the mad the mad horn going on right now, getting blown up. So I will get I will drive this down. It's a it's it's a good two hours for me. I will drive down and get this personally signed from Shane Sweeney himself so you guys can share out the libertarian dad bod calendar. Um just send me a DM, send me a message, let me know and I will get it done for you. All right. Because uh here in the Libertarian Party, we don't we don't just talk about things, we actually do things. We pick up our shovel and we actually make changes. But we need more of you guys to help us make those changes by helping us get elected to office. Because we um, – here's something that you guys may not know over here in Muddy Waters of Freedom. I, Jason Lyon, will be running for office in the future, probably in 2024. Um, expect to see my name on the ballot. If you guys are in South Carolina, make sure you guys are staying tuned with me. You guys can learn me. You guys can get to know me, be able to see my values, my cores, my principles, and be able to see that I am somebody that is going to be good to represent you and to represent this country and to be able to fight against the atrocities that is the left, that is the right, that is everybody who is seeking to grow this government in any appreciable way. Um. Because stay tuned, and, and I'm hoping that I will be able to earn your respect and earn your vote um, when that day does come. So, moving on. As much as I love libertarian ideals, the party has nothing, no money, no bulk. I, I risk a vote for a libertarian. How does it help the, the Democrats win? Um, I risk a vote for a libertarian. How does it help the Democrats win? So, when you vote for a libertarian, here's here's one of the the things that we have to understand, right? Is when whenever you look at the Democrats and the Republicans and and you vote for you vote for a libertarian, Democrats will say it's a vote for a Republican. Republicans say it's a vote for a Democrat, right? We saw this from the 2016 election when a lot of uh people voted for the libertarian candidate Gary Johnson. Um, and I think the big takeaway is the big, big, big takeaway that you should be looking at is not only are you voting your conscience, but you're also voting three times effectively, right? Because when you vote for for the libertarian, you're voting for a libertarian, and the Republican says that you're voting for a Democrat, so that's a second vote, and the the Democrat says that you're voting for a Republican, so you're getting three votes for one. And I'm just saying, if you want to increase your power, you want to increase your voice, you want to actually get represented, vote three times effectively by voting one time for a libertarian candidate. Stop voting for a, the lesser of two evils because both evils suck. Vote for somebody that wants to fight for you. And uh, something went wrong. All right, you guys still there? I hope I, I, I just lost uh, Facebook for a second. I hope you guys are coming back. I hope uh, we're going to be able to get through that. But huh, I'm getting censored again. <laughs> for those of you guys who have been following me for the last two years or so, uh, the reason why I left Facebook platform, the reason why was because I would start a video, and actually I had Shane Sweeney himself on uh, for one of these shows, and we're just going along, we're strumming along, we're going fine, and then the stream would just kick out. And so it, it looks as if uh, the Kuckerberg is following me here. 
Um, so hopefully that, that curse is over and we're, we're done and through with that. Um, I do want to get into Bloomberg, nah. New Yorker, nah. Roll call, nah. All right. I do want to get into this HR1 bill a little bit. So I'm going to read Fox News. I'm not a huge fan of Fox News. I'm not endorsing Fox News. Um, I've just got a lot of articles up uh, covering this. But I want, to, I want to read a couple of these to you guys so you guys can get a good depiction of what this is. Um, nearly every House Democrat on Friday opposed a measure condemning voting in the U.S. elections done by illegal immigrants as part of a sweeping election reform bill. Now, uh, the GOP-backed measure would have added language to the HR1 election proposal stating that allowing illegal immigrants the right to vote devalues the franchise and diminishes the voting power of the United States citizen. I think that this is... I think that, that intellectually, that is a completely honest situation, right? When you allow for, for more people to vote, when you allow for that, you're flooding out, you're removing uh, a little bit of power of, of anyone, right? So if I've got 10 pounds of something and I add a pound of something else, right, now it is proportionally less. So they're, they're just trying to, trying to stick that in there. And um, so almost every, nearly every Democrat on Friday opposed this. And and you could say, yeah, you know, Democrats are in favor of legal immigration. They've been in favor of legal immigration. They know that this is – they're not doing this on a principle stance. They're not saying, look, borders are immoral because it's just a, an imaginary line in the sand. Um, they're not saying, look, we care about the sovereignty of this country, but, you know, a, you know having – putting up a barrier is, is bad because it just creates a bad situation um, or, you know, actually utilizing the – going through the entire libertarian process and saying, look, we can get rid of the welfare state, we can get rid of the war on drugs, we can get rid of uh, a lot of our foreign intervention, and then there's no necessity for somebody who has bad intentions to come into this country, and and so therefore there's no necessity for a border. No, they're just doing this because they know that there's a, a large voter base within the Ill- illegal immigration uh, that is occurring in this country, and so if they're able to grab from that, then there's no way that they can lose. And certainly, when you look at the the demographics between the Republicans and the Democrats, when you look at that, uh, President Trump is is actually doing amazing when it comes to the black demographic uh, across this country, and that has been what's allowed for the Democrats to be able to compete against the Republicans. And because President Trump has been able to pull. He's been polling pretty high, and I'm going to say these numbers, and you guys are going to say that's not high at all, um, but he's been getting about 23 to 25% uh, approval rating from the black demographic. Whoa, it's only a quarter, bro. Like, slow down. When when you look at President Trump during the 2016 election and the landslide victory that he had with the Electoral College, he was in the single digits. He was in 8, eight 9, 7%. He was floating around in that area, so high, high uh, single digits. Now he's tripled that. He has tripled that. And so this means that he has a major part in this. And so when you look at this HR1 bill, there's, there's, there is a reason why these, these votes have been flipped because not six months ago, not even six months ago, they had a very similar bill. They had a very similar situation in which every Democrat had voted against this idea. 
Why would that be? Why would they? Why would they vote? Yeah, we're not going to let illegal immigrants vote, and then come back the next year and say, "No, nah, we're not going to, or we want to allow this." Of course, we had the midterms last year. They wanted to make sure that they they took a somewhat of a stand and they said, "Look, you know, we're we're not in favor of this." But now that they're so far out, they expect that the American populace to be so dumb, to be so misguided, to be so um, forgetful. That now in March of 2019, that you'll forget it by 2020. And the sad thing is, is that you're pro- they're probably right. They're probably right. So they're fighting. They're not going to get it, of course, but they're fighting to to get everybody the opportunity to uh, to be able to bolster up their voting base to get as many votes as possible to ensure that the Republican Party doesn't come into power. I'm just saying, if if people were honest with their votes, neither Republican Party or the Democratic Party would be in in effect. I would say that if we if the Democrats who are pushing right now to make the election day a federal holiday, a national holiday, to where more people are able to come out and vote, I think that the way that this should be handled is that if you do not vote, it counts as a nota, and if you are not able to get fifty percent. Which is what uh, the many of the states like Colorado are getting on board with. I believe there's 12 states now that are on board with pushing for a uh, whoever the majority is, right? The popular vote. If they actually push that in, then everybody who does not vote is now voting NOTA. And if, if NOTA wins, then we shut down the government until we can actually put up somebody good. That's going to re- represent enough people, and we don't have to worry about a damn thing. Because if we're going to get, if we're going to work around the system, if we're going to work around the uh, electoral college in the way that they're doing, then let's just let's just handle it to its fullest extent, and let's stop putting up terrible, horrible, atrocious people. President Trump and uh, then presidential candidate Hillary Clinton are the most hated, most despised candidates uh, to run for office since it's been measured. We need to have better people coming up, and certainly a right-wing authoritarian and a left-wing authoritarian is not somebody that the country wants overall. So when 40% of the country is not voting, there is an issue there. There is an issue there. How to get the masses on board. That's going to be the big interesting portion. That's something that uh, we're working with down here in South Carolina. We're, we're working within the party to try to figure out ways that we can have more outreach to, to get people fired up, to get people excited, to get people out there to actually vote and to, to make a, a big fundamental change as to the politics in, in our country, right? Because here's here's a basic, naked, ugly truth of what politics is. Politics is nerdy as all get out. Right? It takes actually wanting to go out and, and research this stuff and understand this stuff and to understand the philosophical side of things and the logical side of things and to understand the history, to understand how things work and, and to understand not just your own viewpoints but the viewpoints of others and to be able to make these and take these and make them a better thing. Um, it's a really nerdy thing and and simply people don't have time for that. So you have to be able to get these – get people on board with you by giving them basically a post-it card now how do you get people to to take your postcard and say i agree with 70 percent i agree with 60 percent i agree with 90 percent of that how do you get that that's that's a huge tasking 
And when somebody says, I don't vote at all because I'm not interested in it, it's even more difficult to get to get them excited to even see the postcard. So there is a huge issue there. It is something that we're... Your guys' ideas are, are always more than welcome. Send them my way. Let's Help me out. Help me get this through um, because it is so needed. It is so needed. Uh, mm. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, I realize we're already, what, an hour in? They were good. Um, I want to talk a little bit about International Women's Day. So if you guys remember, we had, uh, what was it, Women's Day a while ago or some some form of a of another Women's Day. Now we're having International Women's Day because international is different than just in the country. Um, and so I wanted to I wanted to bring up a pro life pro choice argument because I I don't waste holidays. I don't I do not try to waste the holidays. And so certainly I wanted to bring up some some things that that I've seen um, some some really big issues on. And certainly right I'm not saying that I am. I'm not saying that this is a libertarian platform because as what most libertarians know, uh, in accordance with the libertarian party, David Nolan, the five essentials, this is not one of those. And this is going to be an ongoing, uh, debate for the rest of ever, of course, pro-life versus pro-choice. But I've been seeing a lot of fundamental issues with people and I want to, I want to make this clear, right? Because I was, I was in one of those heated Twitter battles with the, uh, with the anonymous trolls. Whenever you have the idea that um, it is bodily, uh, uh, is all about the bodily autonomy of somebody to be able to, to choose to abort a child, you also have to explain why it is that the state should be able to compel or punish somebody for neglecting their child after it's born, right? Because if you can't compel them to have a child because they have their own autonomy, um, F bail. Oh no, not a problem. I appreciate it, Necron. Um, because if if you cannot protect the life within the womb um, because of bodily autonomy, then you also have to explain why it is that you, why the state is there to compel to ensure that the child is not being neglected, to ensure that the child is being fed and and given everything that they need. Um, you have to explain the difference between those two. And, and it's not something that people are able to rationalize and be able to uh, uh, explain in any appreciable way. And so therein lies the inconsistency. This is why if you're going to be pro-choice, the only consistent stance that you can really take is pro-choice up to three years old, up to four years old, up to five years old. Once that child is able to go and start functioning in any appreciable way, open up a jar of pickles or, or get their own food from the cupboard, they're entirely relying on, upon somebody else, on their parent. And and so I'm all in favor of you being in favor of pro-choice for one reason or another, but uh, I just, just don't use the bodily autonomy thing. Don't use that because it just, it just doesn't, you can't be consistent on that, Right. Um, and, and certainly, right. I've got the phone line open. If you guys want to call in, you guys want to debate that or bring that up, uh, feel free. 802-671-5328. The phone number is up there. Um, and, and that topic will, will be fresh and, and ready to go whenever you guys want to call in on that. 
Uh, it is one of my favorite discussions to talk about, and I'm not here to make people look like fools. I'm not here to attack people or anything else. Um, so feel free to call in on that. Um, I want to I wanna also talk about the Chelsea Manning situation. Um, and, and certainly this is not a Bradley Manning, Chelsea... It's Bradley Manning, not Chelsea Manning thing. I don't I don't really care about the name. The name is insignificant in the grand scheme of things because by governmental standards, um, she did get her name changed. So Chelsea Manning is now going back to jail. And I probably should have had this article pulled up before I started talking about it. But Chelsea Manning is going to jail and basically is saying, I'm not going to talk about Julian Assange. I'm not going to talk about Julian Julian Assange. I'm not going to talk about WikiLeaks. I'm not going to put somebody else um, at risk. I'm not going to testify before a grand jury about WikiLeaks. Now, if you guys remember way back when, when President uh, Obama was still in office, um, Chelsea Manning, then Bradley Manning, was charged for uh, releasing... Uh, government information, i.e. military uh, intel, that showed some damning information about what the what the military was doing, showing some some brutality and some some not so good information, and uh, went to jail. Um, so she in 2010. She sparked worldwide controversy over transparency in the military and, and whistleblower protections. She was taken into custody at a federal court this Friday after a federal judge found her in contempt of court for refusing to answer questions before a secret grand jury. This is from MSM.com. In late January, Manning was subpoenaed to testify for, before a federal grand jury in a sealed case out of, uh, out of D.C. court in the Eastern District of Virginia, the same district in which government recently inadvertently revealed the existence of a sealed indictment against WikiLeaks publisher Julian Assange. So I think that they're they're tying the two together and they're trying to trying to uh, get as much information on Julian Assange before they try to get him uh, extradited here to America. As far as we know, Julian Assange is still sitting in a, in an asylum and sitting in the embassy. Um, on Friday, after refusing to answer grand jury's questions, U.S. District Claude uh, Hamilton found Manning in contempt of court and ordered her to be held in jail until she decides to testify or until a grand jury concludes its work, which could be up to 18 months. So for up to 18 months, because uh, Manning refuses to uh, testify against somebody else. My question would be, is, is the Fifth Amendment applicable? Because certainly you can't um, you can't testify against yourself in accordance with the Fifth Amendment, but they're also basically saying you must speak, you must actually speak, and so there is um, it's it's kind of interesting that she's being compelled to testify, she's being compelled to speak, and and so it gets into a a weird situation, and I'm not sure I'm not sure I really agree with that. I am back. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Um, we need people who are there to represent the people, their districts, not their own ideologies. I don't want to change the pronouns. I used to describe people when I know the pronouns transgender people want me to use as a lie. I can agree with that forgotten one. Um, but so it gets into the weird situation where the government is compelling speech or is going to punish you for not 
listening to them force you to compel speech. And because Chelsea Manning was commuted, she wasn't pardoned, but she was commuted, um, she can't face double jeopardy. Uh, meaning that she's already faced the crime, and because she was commuted, that basically means that the crime that she had, had faced um, is all cleared. She has paid her dues effectively for that crime and cannot go to jail again for that. So it wouldn't be under the Fifth Amendment for that reason. But I still think it gets into a weird legal question as to how that would actually function and just say, look, you have to speak or you go to jail for up to 18 months or however long this grand jury takes. And because it's secret, <laughs> will we actually know when it ends? Will we actually be able to know when this thing ends and, and will Chelsea Manning be released uh, in the proper amount of time? I think that if you guys are skeptical of the government and the way that it functions like I am, you're doubtful of this. If you guys love the government, you guys might think, hey, you know, Chelsea Manning's going to go out the, the very moment that the grand jury says that we're done. We'll have to wait and see if it's actually reported on, but I my gut feeling is, is this is this is absolutely insane. This is disgusting. This is absolutely reprehensible in every way. Um, just just the entire function there. Um, but we'll we'll keep up on this. We'll see how everything goes out. Um, I'm going to be wrapping this up in a few moments. If you guys, if you guys got anything, oh, I apologize for hitting that. Um, if you guys got anything else you guys want to call in about and talk about, we got about another five minutes. I'll be sticking around for. Um, so feel free to call in. The phone number is eight zero two six seven one five three two eight. And um, while we are wrapping this up, while I'm awaiting your call, I do want to announce to you guys that we did hit the nine thousand mark. We did finally hit. 9,000 likes on the page there on YouTube. So if you guys have not already hit that like button for us over there, feel free to hop on over there and make sure that you guys are uh, joining in on the club because uh, we're putting out some pretty good fiery memes. We're putting out some good content. Uh, If you aren't chuckling at least once a day from us, then you aren't looking hard enough. Uh, so recommend going on over there, hit that, hit the follow button, hit the like button and uh, join in on over there because it's, it's always a good time. It is always a good time. So thank you guys. If you guys are already over there uh, and already supporting the streams, um, it, it's it's much appreciated. Um, if you guys are here just for the memes and you guys aren't here for these these live videos, um, thank you for for spending a couple seconds with me. But um, you know, it's we have different shows every day of the week. Effectively, um, Mondays and Fridays are going to be your pretty much your consistently the same those two days of the week where it's going to be me mr murica the beard of truth jason line i'm going to be covering another thing but politics and social issues and then on tuesdays you're going to have matt and uh matt and spike coming through to peruse the current events of the week on wednesday you're going to have my fellow americans where spike is going to have a conservative a libertarian a democrat uh, liberal, whoever it is, he's going to have a nice little guest on. They're going to be, uh, he's going to be challenging them on their, their love of the state or their dormant of the state or their, their connection to the state and try to bring them, try to move the needle over towards Liberty. And on Thursday with the writer's block with Matt, we're going to be, uh, he's always going to have a guest on and they're going to be talking about, um, 
politics, social issues, and everything else. But uh, you know, his his guest from this last week was was Berman, a 2020 Libertarian nominee, presidential nominee. So um, you know, always a good time throughout the week. So if you guys are are just tuning in um, for whatever reason tonight, and you it's your first first time here, um, make sure you guys are keeping up with us. It's uh, Monday through Friday, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. Sometime around there, we will be uh, dropping some live videos. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Um, as soon as I can figure it out on my end, we'll all be on Periscope. I know Matt's got the Periscope down. Uh, Spike's is Spike's fifty fifty right now, but we're 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 up and coming. We're growing, and uh, I I can't say thank you enough to you guys. It's it's truly an honor um, to be a part of this. So big thanks to uh, Muddy Water Media for everything that you guys have been doing and for letting me use the platform to, to come out and discuss these things. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really a, a, a nice time here. And so thank you guys all for that. Uh, but with that, I think I'm going to wrap up the show. I want to say thank you guys again for coming in here. Uh, it is Friday night, so do not drink and drive or ride with those who do. You have family, friends who care about you and love you deeply. And they want you to get back home safe so that you guys can come back here Monday night to see me, Mr. America, The Beard of Truth, Jason Line, 7 p.m. Eastern. If the toaster wants to work right on Monday, it's doubtful at this point. But nonetheless, uh, I'm excited to see you guys then. So Monday night, come back here, and we will run through the week again. Uh, between me, Matt, and Spike, it'll be a great time. Thank you guys for coming out, and I'll see you guys soon. It's that awkward moment when I'm waiting to make sure that you guys get the very end of the clip before I turn it off. (laughs) All right. All right, you guys have a good night, and I'll see you guys on, uh, enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you guys on Monday.